0: I hear repeatedly that the turnaround for COVID-19 test results is five to seven days. I live in Arizona and I've been told that that's actually business days. If true, that makes the testing result time even more unacceptable. Are you hearing that also?
1: I've been hearing so much about problems with testing and delayed results. About six months now after the coronavirus was declared a global pandemic, diagnostic testing here in the United States remains inconsistent. Getting test results are taking anywhere from 30 minutes to 14 days. And even then, your results may not be accurate. Here's my colleague, CNN investigative correspondent Drew Griffin.
0: Why is coronavirus testing in the U.S. still a debacle? CNN spoke to state health officials, testing labs, test suppliers, hospitals, and industry insiders, more than 20 testing experts. The overwhelming consensus, no federal plan.
1: Earlier this month, Griffin spoke with experts who said the Trump administration's efforts to coordinate coronavirus testing nationwide have fallen short.
0: There is not enough of anything. The swabs, pipettes, the chemicals needed to perform a test called reagents, which is leading to huge competition between states and labs.
1: The experts called for increased use of the Defense Production Act, among other solutions to these problems. Half a year into the pandemic, the United States is still stuck with an unreliable, confusing testing system that has created sometimes more questions than answers. So today, I'm going to try and tackle some of your questions and provide an update on where we stand now with testing. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Let's start off by reviewing the types of testing available right now. First, there's diagnostic testing. That detects whether you are currently infected with COVID-19. That's the one that often involves an uncomfortable nasal swab. PCR diagnostic tests are the most accurate. Remember that. They are the gold standard of testing. That's the sample that usually goes to a lab, and they're looking for specific genetic markers of the virus. Antigen testing also detects a current infection, but can deliver results in minutes because it doesn't have to go to the lab and the test is only looking for proteins of the virus. But these tests are often less accurate. As a general rule, you often end up trading accuracy for speed. And then there's the antibody testing, which tells you whether or not your immune system may have responded to a previous COVID-19 infection. So now that you know that, Let's start with a question that's on so many people's minds right now.
0: How important is it that I get tested for COVID-19 if I've never had any symptoms and I've been hypervigilant taking care of myself? I feel like uh, there's enough of a backlog of cases to be reviewed, and I don't want to add to the congestion of that process if I don't feel badly.
1: So here's the background. Until Monday, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that testing was appropriate for anyone who had been in contact with someone known to have COVID 19. That has now changed. The CDC website now says those without symptoms may not need to be tested, even if they've been in close contact with a known infected person. But here's the issue we know that about 50% of the spread of this virus is coming from people who are not showing or not yet showing. Any symptoms. So, health experts are frankly baffled by this update. Here's Dr. Lena Wen, an emergency physician and former Baltimore Health Commissioner. These are exactly the people who should be tested. I mean, imagine if you got exposed at work. You would wanna know for your own family whether you have COVID-19 because you don't wanna bring it back to your loved ones. And also we need to know for public health purposes. We know that 50% of transmission could be caused by people who are asymptomatic. So why wouldn't we want this population to be tested? I think the CDC really needs to give a much better explanation. The entire process of how this was done in the middle of the night with no explanation Um, It just causes more confusion, and that mixed messaging has really hindered our public health response to coronavirus so far. In a press briefing on Wednesday, Admiral Brett Girard, who sort of considered the federal testing czar, said that the White House Coronavirus Task Force worked on and approved the CDC update, and that it is not meant to reduce the number of tests being done. But let me reiterate this. If you have interacted with someone confirmed to have COVID-19, even if you're not showing symptoms— you should get tested. It's the only way to know if you could be endangering others, even if you don't feel sick yourself. To answer this listener's question, if you're staying isolated and not seeing friends or going out, you may not need a test. But as most states continue to reopen, getting tested can provide some assurance. If you do decide to start leaving the house more, it could be a good idea. And that's even if you think you've been really careful. For anyone who wants to get tested but is concerned about that invasive nasal swab, there is good news about a new test that uses saliva. Here's Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, an epidemiologist and CNN commentator.
0: It doesn't need the same uh, reagents and swabs that have been the rate-limiting step to being able to create testing at scale uh, in this country. It really could be a game-changer if we can deploy it.
1: The Food and Drug Administration recently issued emergency use authorization to this test. It's called Saliva Direct. It's expected to cost $10 and could produce results in less than three hours. Research has shown that the test's accuracy is on par with the PCR nasal swab. It could be more widely available within a few weeks if labs can scale up production. No doubt, this is a step in the right direction, and it shows promise for mass testing needs. The University of Illinois has performed more than 50,000 saliva tests since it started offering walk-up testing back in July. But ultimately, what I'd like to see is something more like a pregnancy test, something that could be done on location, maybe even one day at home, but without a lab being part of the equation. Something like the healthcare technology company Abbott's 15-minute antigen test, which was issued FDA emergency use authorization on Wednesday. Abbott plans to produce 50 million of these tests a month starting in October. The tests are $5 each, they're about the size of a credit card, And because of the scale, they should be more widely available. Now, I do want to point out, if you do decide to get tested, there is still always the risk of getting a false result. And here's a listener question I got about this.
0: Recently, my mom tested positive for COVID-19 during a routine pre-admission screening at the hospital. However, she had no symptoms and has pre-existing underlying medical conditions. How likely is it for someone to have a false positive for COVID-19?
1: First of all, remember that in nearly half of the cases patients won't show symptoms, but another factor is the kind of test the listener's mom was given. The FDA has now authorized 225 different tests, of which 4 are antigen tests, 40 are antibody tests, and 181 are PCR tests. So you'd have to find out what test you took and then look at its sensitivity and specificity rates. Sensitivity is the rate at which the test correctly identifies positive cases. So, 90% sensitivity means out of 100 positive cases, the test will catch 90 of those individuals. 10 of them will have false negatives, meaning they are told they are negative, but in fact, they are positive. Specificity is the rate that the test correctly spots negative cases. In this case, if the test has 90% specificity, that means out of 100 negative cases, the test will correctly identify 90 of those cases as negative, and 10 will be false positives. People would be told they have the virus when in fact they don't. Now there is the real risk of a COVID-19 infection not showing up on the gold standard PCR test. One listener asked about this. How long does it take from once you've been exposed and infected by the virus before it will show up in a PCR test? Unfortunately, there's no single answer to this. I've looked it up. COVID-19 symptoms can show up typically anywhere from two to 14 days after infection or an infected person can have no symptoms at all. You'll be more likely to test positive for the virus a few days after you've been exposed, though of course it's impossible to know exactly when that is. That's why it's important to quarantine if you think you've been exposed. That helps keep those around you safe from any possible infection. I'll be continuing to keep an eye on developments and testing and also any new guidance from the CDC. I promise. I promise. This change that seems to de-emphasize testing for asymptomatic individuals is to me a, a bit dangerous, a bit misguided and bizarre. It flies in the face of what we know, what the evidence shows about how this virus spreads. It flies in the face of what has worked in other countries and it goes against the central public health strategy to test and trace. So not testing people who don't have symptoms could change the trajectory of this pandemic for the worse. Let's not let that happen. If you have questions, you can record them as a voice memo and email them to AskSanjay at CNN.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact Versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer, Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer along with Amanda Seeley and Nadia Kunang from CNN Health. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Ann Lagamayo, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Evan Chung, Madeline Thompson, Rachel Cohn, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to executive producer of CNN Health, Ben Tinker, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio.